0: Let me start by taking you behind the curtain of the show for a moment. In yesterday's show, I wanted to announce the premium content that playerprofiler.com now offers. The problem was I had meant to start talking about the premium content sections, the data analysis tool, the player rankings. I wanted to start talking about those last week, but if you recall, I got derailed talking about Jeff Janis and Dante Moncrief and Peyton Manning doing bad impressions. Yelling at buzzards about yelling. (laughs) Pretty much everything you would expect from a Roto Underworld Radio episode. So yesterday, I felt a lot of pressure. It was a lot of pressure to squeeze two shows worth of promotions into one. And it was compounded by the problem that the Gronk Party Cruise had just docked. (laughs) And I almost got derailed again. I could have talked for a full show just about the Gronk Party Cruise. You know that because we've had some buzzards write in. Contact the show at Roto Underworld on Twitter or email us rotounderworld at gmail.com. You wrote in and said that it appears that Gronk orchestrated the whole cruise with one purpose, to rain down pussy on his dad's head or face. Anyway, I agree with you. I find the Gronk cruise relentlessly interesting. Could have talked about it for a full show, but I didn't. By some miracle, halfway through yesterday's show, we pulled up, we were in a tailspin, we were in a gronk party cruise, drunk tailspin, and we pulled up, we leveled off, and then careened off into the other extreme. And then yesterday's show ended up feeling like this overly aggressive infomercial. So I didn't feel good about it. Because my one rule for this show is that every episode that we lay down, I provide the audience with at least one piece of actionable information. And yesterday I failed. So I feel like I owe the audience, I owe you a second Roto Underworld radio show this week, in addition to the football diehard show, which will drop later this week. So we have three shows this week. By the way, you can check out the football diehard show on iTunes or Stitcher. Search for Football Die Hard's podcast with Matt Kelly and subscribe. Also, I'm getting barraged on all sides by buzzards. And I want to start the show by addressing the buzzards because they are consistent. They are relentless. And they need to be addressed. This one buzzard seems to speak for all of you. And he writes, way to simultaneously sell out and take down a bunch of highly respected fantasy properties in the process. <laughs> oh, first of all, on yesterday's show, I criticized one quote unquote Property. Who calls websites properties? Such a douchey word choice. I only criticized Fantasy Pros. And I will continue to criticize Fantasy Pros because Fantasy Pros is the cosa nostra of the fantasy football community who have concocted a scheme to convince. The best and brightest fantasy experts to donate valuable information for free. Because fantasy pros can absolutely gain access to my rankings by paying me $5,000. Then sure. Otherwise, get the hell out of here. I was not criticizing other sites that have paywalls. I was simply explaining the philosophy behind our approach at playerprofiler.com for charging for premium content, which is something we have to do, which is what I explained on yesterday's show. Other sites do what they have to do as well. They do what works for them. My favorite premium content site is rotoviz.com. And it's in every member of this audience's best interest to go subscribe to rotoviz.com today. And one article that I read on rotoviz was Sean Siegel's article about heavily weighting reception totals for running backs, especially in Dynasty Leagues. The article is titled, I don't even like Devonta Freeman, and I think he's wildly undervalued. I suggest you go to rotoviz.com and check it out. The cool thing about an article like that is that it can be enlightening even if you don't agree with the opening premise. We all agree Devonta Freeman is the consensus number three running back in Dynasty. So it's not actually possible for Devonta Freeman, who is destined to fall back into a full blown committee in 2016 with Tevin Coleman, to be wildly undervalued. That's just not possible. In fact, it's only possible for Devonta Freeman to even be nominally undervalued if you cancel out every underwhelming aspect of Devonta Freeman's profile lacking college dominance, awful rookie season. Overall inefficient as a runner, evidenced by a sub 4 yards per carry for his NFL career. A bad 93.6 speed score. Best comparable player, James White. So except for his 2015 production, Devonta Freeman doesn't look like an NFL starting running back. And the only way you can think that he's undervalued in Dynasty is if you only look at Devonta Freeman's 2015 production against historic comps, and then, okay, he's Edron James, fine. But otherwise, he's probably overvalued, given the presence of Tevin Coleman. And if you expand your scope to include Devonta Freeman's full body of work and his situation moving forward, then I believe he's overvalued period. And he's nothing like Edron James. And I thought Sean Siegel actually buried the lead in that piece. The whole piece was fascinating. As I was reading it, I was thinking, oh, the most interesting piece of information for me is in the second half of the piece. For me, the most important piece of actionable information was regarding running back receiving skills, something we talk about on the show all the time. Slick receiving skills give running backs who are playing an otherwise hugely volatile position, a much higher than normal floor. And that's what we look for with running backs. With receivers, we're chasing the ceiling. With running backs, I'd prefer a high floor. I'd prefer stability in the face of huge volatility. That's why I'm a self-described reception snob. And that's why I'm heavily targeting running backs like Charles Sims right now. Charles Sims, one of the most efficient running backs in the league in 2015, and one of the few running backs in the NFL that check all of the necessary bell cow boxes. We've talked about Charles Sims on this show. We've talked about Charles Sims on the Football Die Hard Show. There's an article going up on playerprofiler.com this week focusing exclusively on Charles Sims. So today, if you had to do one thing today that was fantasy related in a dynasty league, You should go out and see if any competitors that own Charles Sims incorrectly view him as a quote-unquote change of pace back and make them an offer because he's not a change of pace back. He is absolutely a bell cow back and one of the most undervalued assets across all fantasy football formats. And I'm also buying Javorius Buck Allen for the same reason. He and Charles Sims are full-blown NFL bell cows. And by bell cow, I mean they can win outside the tackles, inside the tackles, as runners. And they're slick in the passing game. And they're big enough to get the goal line carries. They can win in all phases. And nobody likes them. And it's weird. Even though Buck Allen and Charles Sims are better all-around running backs in better situations than Devonta Freeman, no one is excited about them. And I find that curious. It's something we're going to continue to explore in future shows. Why don't people like Charles Sims? Why don't people like Buck Allen? It's weird. doesn't make any sense. It's a complete mystery to me. Buck Allen is the most undervalued running back in all of fantasy football right now. Because at least with Charles Sims, there's still a threat that Doug Martin could re-sign with the Buccaneers. There's no threat to Buck Allen. Justin Forsett? The 31-year-old scat back? No! In one sentence, what do we like most about Buck Allen? He is a big running back who's slick in the passing game. Big running back, great receiver. That's what we like. That's why we liked Buck Allen coming out of USC. That's why we liked Carlos Williams coming out of Florida State. If you had to simplify it, if you had to narrow it down to just those two criteria, are you big and are you a good receiver? Carlos Williams and Buck Allen on top of that also happen to be fast. So that's why we like them even more. All three of them, in fact, Buck Allen, Carlos Williams, and Charles Sims. They're all big, they're all fast, and they're all great receivers. At the highest level, those are the boxes we want our running backs to check. Go to the Javorius Allen profile on playerprofiler.com and click on the game log tab. And in the game log tab, you'll find something interesting. First of all, you'll find a 35 point game. Javorius Allen had a better game against Miami in week 13 than Jeff Janis had against Arizona in the playoffs. Think about that. But on this game log, you will see three games with nine or more targets in the passing game. And Javorius Allen only logged six total games with meaningful touches in 2015. So in three out of six of the games in which Javorius Allen was the primary ball carrier, he received nine plus targets. Let that sink in. When he operated as a primary back, No running back in the NFL was as heavily targeted as Buck Allen in the passing game. And yet Buck Allen's ADP in redraft leagues right now, the early redraft leagues, is well outside the first four rounds. What? Like, what? What are we talking about here? A workhorse back scheduled to be the primary ball carrier for the baltimore ravens in 2016 is being completely dismissed why i don't know because buck allen is actually the trestman target hog we were promised last year in the form of justin Forsett. he's here it's exciting and you might say well Javorius Allen was inefficient, rushing the ball in 2015. Okay, 138 carries. That's not a big enough sample size to draw any meaningful conclusions. Hid 3.7 yards per carry. Do you know who else had that yards per carry his first year in the NFL? Devonta Freeman. A running back we haven't talked about yet, who is also electric in the passing game. The one that I'm actually the most excited about of all of them, in Dynasty in particular, is Jarek McKinnon. And if you go to Jarek McKinnon and look at his profile, we've already talked at length about Jarek McKinnon's athleticism. We're not going to go through Jarek McKinnon's workout metrics on playerprofile.com. Suffice it to say, he's 90th percentile or above in every meaningful workout metric, including bench press. And if you want more Jarek McKinnon athleticism talk, go to the Roto Underworld Radio YouTube channel. Just Google it. Roto Underworld Radio, type it into Google, and you'll find our YouTube channel, which has highlights. One of the highlights is titled, Jarek McKinnon is the greatest athlete in the history of the running back position in the NFL. Because I believe that to be true. It, 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 he has a 155.7 100th percentile spark score. The NFL has never seen a running back as electric as Jarek McKinnon. Ever. Period. In his second year in the league, playing behind future Hall of Famer Adrian Peterson, here is what Jarek McKinnon was able to garner in the passing game. 21 receptions on a mere 28.3 snap share. That means with a primary backs snap share, Jarek McKinnon would project to receive over 80 targets. Over 60 receptions. Jarek McKinnon is the terrific receiving running back that nobody knows is a great receiver. Jarek McKinnon is like Devonta Freeman if instead of being one of the least athletic smallish backs in the NFL, Devonta Freeman was the most athletic smallish back in the history of the NFL.